Hi, everyone. Dr. Tim here with Hillary for another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics Podcast. We survived Reefapalooza, Southern California, Hillary. How was that? Have a good time? I did. I had such a great time. It was cool because that was the first time they've had that show in, I don't know, like two years, I think. Oh, at least two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it was yeah. really cool. I got to see some of the people that I talk to regularly on Instagram um, and like see, you know, meet them face to face. And it, it was just a great time. Yeah. Saturday was crazy. It was four o'clock before I knew it. A lot of people, good turnout. So yep, it was oh, a good yeah. show. Yep. So. Yep. And I got some new things for my tank too. I'm pretty excited. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of people come up and mention the Monday morning joke. Yes. All positive. So. Oh, well, that's good. They they always bring a laugh. Yes. So. Okay. So it's question and answer day. It is. Are you ready for this? We got a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's get started. Okay. Question number one. Is it better to add waste away to a sump or to a reef setup once a week or better to split and dose half twice a week? Also, I heard to turn the skimmer off for 48 hours after dosing, but have also read four to six hours after dosing. Which is the better time frame? Okay. So it's always better to add frequent small doses, which is why we came up with the gel. So you don't have to remember to add. And why is that? You know, And we get another ancillary question a lot is like, why do I have to keep on adding it? Don't they stay in the tank? And the answer to that is they don't stay in the tank because everything is food for something else. And especially in a coral reef tank, bacteria in the water column are constantly consumed by filter feeding organisms, meaning your corals. Also, any bacteria that grow on substrates, well, there's all sorts of worms and proteus and all sorts of things in there that are eating bacteria. You know, you may have heard the term marine snow. Marine snow is basically back, uh, organics covered with bacteria. So bacteria are food and they're constantly eaten. Plus, you have your skimmer, and your skimmer is very good at removing bacteria, and maybe you've got a filter sock or one of the new roller filters. All those things are removing bacteria from your water, which is generally can be a problem if you remove too much, because as we've said numerous times, when you remove the bacteria from the water column, you're removing the competitor to the to the ugly stuff, the the you know, dinos, cyanos, and green algae. So better to dose small amounts frequently rather than just a, a large dose, one or two times a month. Now, how long should you turn it off? If you're treating something. Like you're trying to get rid of cyanos, you're trying to get rid of dinos. Sometimes we'll say to turn the skimmer off for 24 to 48 hours, but you have to watch the tank. It's not turn it off and forget it. It's never turn it off and forget it. Why? Because you might get a bacterial bloom. And as the bacteria are blooming, you know, a huge a growth spurt of bacteria, they're consuming oxygen out of the water. 
So that can be detrimental to the fish and the corals that are in the tank. So we much prefer the four to six hours. Sometimes if, you know, when you first dose waste away and we say use half a dose or even less, you may only be able to turn the skimmer off for an hour or two before the water starts to get hazy and then you need to turn it back on. And the issue is we don't know how much organics and phosphates and nitrate you have in the tank, which is food for the bacteria. So adding waste away, especially in the beginning, is not a pour it in and forget it. We never recommend you add it at night and just go to bed. Use it when you can observe your tank and see how the tank is reacting to the addition of the waste away. Yep. And that, that's a good point. You know, it's funny, you're talking about like, never just do something to your tank and leave it. All right, I'm going down a rabbit hole real quick. Um, so obviously we were at Refusa, California. I'm like, right before I left, the day before I left, I added my cowfish to my tank. It had cycled. Um, but because I have three rather large fish, I didn't want to add them all at once and then go away for the weekend. So I think you were probably able to see at the beginning that I have all of my fish in my tank now that I was able to add a little bit at a time, not all at once, not leaving. Nothing good happens fast in a reef tank or in any aquarium. So take it slow. Patience while hard is definitely a positive. Exactly. Okay. Moving on to question number two. I have a 24 gallon saltwater tank and recently purchased your waste away and refresh products. I'm looking for just a normal weekly maintenance procedure routine. I did a full clean where I brushed the rock and the coral lightly so I'm starting with a fairly clean tank. I know the bottles say once a week, but I didn't know how to incorporate both of them. Do I do one week with one and one the next week, or do I wait a few days and do them weekly? I used to use the Waste Away Time Released gels, but those have been harder and harder to find. And after two weeks, the algae is still building up. I saw these products and thought that it would be a better option. The algae comes off easily, but it covers my corals and things like zoas close up and aren't populating. So what I generally recommend is refresh one week followed by three weeks of adding waste away. And then one week go back to the refresh. That's a general area to start. Um, you know, if 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 that's if you've got a lightly populated tank, you're not feeding too much. You might be able to do refresh one week, and then skip a week and add waste away. But as the person writing in tells us, you know, within two weeks they're starting to get that algae back. So that says you've got a lot of organics in the system. You've got a lot of light. You don't have a lot of bacteria. So definitely in this case, one week refresh. And then the next week, start with the waste away, do that for three weeks in a row, and then restart with a week of refresh. Okay, good advice. All right, moving on to question number three. I will be completing my cycle soon. I won't be able to get fish for another two weeks. Do I continue to dose two parts per million ammonia? If so, how often? Well, you want to keep that population up and and how big of a population depends upon how many fish. If you're going to add a lot of fish, then I would keep it at the two parts per uh, 
you know, PPM and dose every couple of days, not, not daily, maybe every other day or every third day. Um, and then right before you know you're getting the fish in, I always recommend doing a water change to recharge your alkalinity and get the pH back up. But I would say every uh, two, three days. If you're, if you're only going to add a few fish or it's going to be a longer period of time, then you can go to adding the ammonia, say, every four or five days. And then a week or so before you know you're getting your fish, increase that frequency to every other day of adding the ammonia. Sounds good. All right. Moving right along to question number four. Is it normal for the pH to be low during a fishless cycle? Currently, my ammonia is zero, nitrites are two, but my pH is seven. My salinity, our salinity reading is normal. Should I try to correct the pH or wait till the cycle is complete? And the, the answer is yes. The pH will drop as you're adding ammonium chloride because you're adding a lot of ammonia as the ammonia is converted to nitrite and the nitrites converted to nitrate. The process releases hydrogen ions, which decreases, you know, the hydrogen ions decrease the pH because the pH is a negative number. So it drops the pH. So yeah, that's one signal that your, your tank is cycling is that your pH is dropping. Now, you shouldn't wait when a pH is seven in a saltwater tank. Uh, it doesn't say what brand sea salts or what they're using, but that's a pretty that's pretty low, even for a saltwater tank. Um, uh, you could during the cycling period add sodium bicarb instead of uh, synthetic sea salts to get that pH back up. But then before you add fish, I'd recommend, you know, a 33% water change to get everything back in balance. Don't disturb the gravel. During the first four to six weeks, I recommend you do not aggressively siphon clean the substrate, the coral substrate, the gravel substrate, because that's where the nitrifiers are. And it takes them a little bit of time to stick. You know, a light cleaning, if you've got a lot of detritus on top of the food, on top of the substrate is fine, but just be careful and don't go in there and do a hard clean because you don't want to remove the bacteria that you've been patiently waiting to grow. Definitely need to do a water change, get that pH up to continue the cycle. All right. Okay, my next thing is not really a question, more a comment on one of our videos. Um, the video that we, or the video, the uh, podcast that we did last month on our media, uh, specifically when we were talking about the zeolites, somebody commented, the zeolite rabbit hole was excellent. I feel like we always get a lot of like, you should go down the rabbit hole, so people enjoy them. <laughs> okay, we're still not going to go very deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> or one, maybe a special session, so, but we'll see. I like that. that. How do you yeah. decide, though? I don't know. Just how we're feeling, right? <laughs> and, and I don't know if you can hear it, Hillary, but your tank bubbling in the background kind of gives a nice feeling to the podcast. Oh, nice. I like that. Hopefully it's not too annoying. No, no, it's not annoying. It's during the pauses when we're not talking and then you kind of hear the bubbles. It's almost it's seems nice. like we're adding a soundtrack. But no, it's Hillary's new tank. My new tank. Yep. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on. Question number five. I started my 54 gallon tank on a fishless cycle 12 days ago. I dosed it with a full bottle of your one and only and dosed it one time with your ammonium. I'm currently reading one ppm of ammonia, five plus, it was off the charts of nitrite, and 160 ppm of nitrate. Please advise as to what I should do at this point. Okay, so first off, this is a classic case of you're wasting your nitrate test kit uh, reagents because the high nitrite is interfering with the nitrate test because dosing one time with our ammonia, there's just no way you're going to get 160 ppm nitrate. Uh, in a 54-gallon tank, you would have had to dump a few bottles of ammonia in there to get to that reading. So what? Why? why is that reading? It's because the nitrite is high and interfering with the nitrate test kit. Uh, so, and then also, and it does get confusing, but I can pretty much be assured that this person is using a test kit that measures the, the ions. That's how the nitrite is off the scale because the kit gives units of NO in two instead, you know, nitrite ion instead of nitrite nitrogen, which, um, you know, there's two ways of measuring these, re these parameters. As I've mentioned before, I like the nitrogen base. And that's how we do all our calculations. So adding two PPM ammonia nitrogen per will yield two ppm nitrite nitrogen, which will yield two ppm nitrate nitrogen. So it's, but if you're using a kit that measures in the ion, it's like using a ruler, one says centimeter, one says inches. You know, centimeters, 10 inches is gonna be 25 centimeters. It's the same length, 10 inches. It's just one says 25, one says 10. And that's what's happening with the ion is that that test, you have to divide it by about uh, 3.7, you know, just round it off to four. So it's it doesn't have to be super precise. So really your nitrite nitrogen is probably between one and two, right? Where you'd expect it to be in the cycle here. Um, anyways, the point at this would be you... Uh, added the whole bottle of one and only. We don't know what the filtration system is, but you just have to give it a little bit of time. Every time, every tank can cycle a little bit differently. So at this point, um, you could do a water change. Again, don't disturb the gravel, or just wait wait a couple of days and things will start cycling. All right, sounds good. Now that was a mini. Point. That was a mini rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. pe pe people get confused with, and I don't, you know, I have some visuals um, where we talk about this, but the test kit manufacturers don't do a good job of telling you, are you measuring the, in the, you know, using the ion units or are you measuring in a, the nitrogen units? And that's why it can get confusing and people kind of panic because they think their nitrite is just off the charts, but it's because of the, the measurement system you're using. That's true. I wonder if we could like redo or do a podcast and like put the visuals in so you could listen to it if you wanted, or when we put it up on YouTube, we could have some of the visuals overlaid while we're talking about it. 
Yeah, I think we because I have some visuals that show that. I think we need to do that. Put that on the list of to do, Hillary, number two thousand five hundred. <laughs> right after you write your book. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What are we on? Question number six. Oh, we've had something similar to this. I think the last Q and A. I read that refresh may affect shrimp and snails. How does it affect sea cucumbers? I was thinking of trying your recipe for cyanobacteria, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on how it would affect my sea cucumber first. So we've never had any issues. Nobody's ever said, you know, um, that their sea cucumber had issues with um, the refresh. What I would be careful is the cyanobacteria can release toxins. So if you're going to do that method, I would make sure you do step one, which is to physically remove as much as the cyanobacteria as you can before starting with the refresh and then start with a light dose, a quarter and the next day, maybe another quarter or a half. And then, you know, look at your animal, but I think a sea cucumber should be fine. Right. Yeah, and I feel like we just in our last podcast talked about cyanobacteria and how to get rid of it and how to clean it off there. So if you need some more uh, guidance on that, go check out the last podcast that we did. Okay, question number seven. I am ready to use live nitrifying bacteria in my 300 gallon tank. I have a wet dry filter with a layer of floss over the bioballs. Do I need to remove the floss when cycling? No, do not remove the floss. Only Micron filter socks and turn off the skimmer and UV. That's it. All right, there you go. Short and sweet. I like that. That was the easiest one yet. Yes. <laughs> okay, question number eight. I treated my milky tank 24 hours ago with your product, product clear up natural water clarifier. So far, there's been no change. Can you advise? So there's two types of cloudiness, you know, in general. One is cloudiness due to bacterial blooms. And they're quite common in new tanks because you've got the filter system, the filter, the plastics. There's a lot of mold releases and you've had your hands in there. So it's stuff for bacteria to bloom that can cause the water cloudy. If you use live sand or borrowed some sand from a friend, anything that has organics, that can cause a, bacter a bacterial bloom, which means cloudy water. Our clear-up product doesn't work on that. It works on inert particles. So if you use that sugar grain, that super fine sand, or you didn't rinse your uh, coral sand or substrate, and you've got a lot of fine particles floating around in the water, then the clear up will work on those. It's a natural flocculent, meaning it, it takes the small particles and causes them to stick together, building or making a large particle, which then can be removed by your filter system. Uh, and, and you have to, you know, you're going to, make these larger particles now you really need a, a decent mechanical filter pad is okay but if you really want to clean it up you're going to have to get something finer like a you know um used to be a magnum i think they still make magnums with the pleated cartridge inside or something like that to really get those fine particles out and clear up your water 
All right. I feel like that's another one that could have a, a visual with it. Yeah, it works really well. There's there's other types of flocculants. The oldest is alum. That's aluminum sulfate. It works okay, but a lot of people, and I can agree, don't want to put that in their chemical in their tank. And then the one that's used in a lot of water districts is polyacrylamide. And the issue with that is that it's toxic. It works great, but it's toxic. And we got to face reality, folks. How many of you out there are really measuring what you put in your tank? <laughs> I see you and I don't think you're telling the truth. We don't. We pour it in. I know. Um, <laughs> and with polyacrylamide, that can be hazardous. Uh, you, you, you just have to be careful um, adding these polyacrylamide chemicals to your system. And, and corals can be quite sensitive. Other animals can be quite sensitive. So we actually use a bacteria. It's in the wastewater treatment field. It's kind of a, in others, it's kind of a nuisance bacterium because it, it clogs things. It causes stuff to stick together and can clog things. So we don't use it at such a high concentration uh, in the aquarium, but it's non-toxic. You're, you're, you're not going to poison your tank by adding some chemical with these, by adding the clear up bacteria. Um, works great. It just, it has to be for the particle, not with other bacteria. All right. I feel like that was another like, mini rabbit hole. Mini rabbit hole. Stuck our foot down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Dipped our toes. That's it. Okay. Moving on. Question number nine. I am about to add water to my tank and do a fishless cycle with one and only and ammonium. My question is, when using the one and only, do I still need to use a water conditioner? In most cases, yes, but it depends. If you're in a saltwater, you know, you have saltwater reef tank and you used RODI, then you remove the chlorine. Chlorine, chloramines, they're there to kill bacteria. And so you don't want to put chlorinated water in your tank and then add the one and only chances are you're going to kill the one and only so you have to get rid of that using now when you're going to do fishless cycle you've got two choices you can use a product like our aqua cleanse or other ammonia binding chemicals that get rid of chlorine and chloramines and that's okay but you don't want to overdose you got to measure because too much of these products will inhibit the bacteria a safer choice is to use our first defense, which gets rid of chlorine and chloramine, doesn't do anything to the ammonia, and you're going to let the bacteria take care of the ammonia. But short answer, yes, you have to get the chlorine and chloramines out of the water before adding the one and only. Very good. Question number 10. I just received a fishless cycle kit and it was really warm when I got it. Is it still okay? Yes. We grow these bacteria at 85 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 30 Celsius. It's warm. They love warm. So as long as it wasn't over 130 degrees or frozen, the bacteria are fine. 
And let's just go down another quick little rabbit hole refresher because I feel like we get a lot of these questions. Can you just go over the products that might be impacted by temperature change and when you should be concerned? Maybe maybe when you should be concerned. Most, well, there's really only one of our products that's affected by temperature and that's the one and only. Uh, because they're autotrophic bacteria, they don't form spores and the one thing that does affect them is if the water is frozen solid. The ice crystals will puncture the cell and that will kill the cell. So uh, during the winter time, we try to put a little pop-up on the website that says, you know, it's freezing or sometimes we'll just not even ship if it's one of those massive winter storms that where the temperatures have really dropped. Warm temperatures... You know, the original nitrous spiral was isolated from a uh, heating system in Moscow that and it couldn't even be cultured at less than, I think it was 130 Fahrenheit. You know, these what? guys like, yeah, I think that's the temperature. Well, that was, yeah, that was the issue. Is these, oh legs, these guys love warm, warm temperatures. So it's pretty much not going to be affected by warm temperatures. Now, the other the other bacteria, the clear up and the refresh, the eco balance, the waste away, they, uh, they're spore formers and they can protect themselves whether the liquid is frozen or whether it gets too hot. It's just not a problem. And then in the gel, the waste away gel is a great protection. And, uh, you know, I've put the gel in our lab freezer here at minus 50 Celsius and the gel is just fine. It doesn't even freeze. So the cells are protected. So it's really only the one and only. I know people like ammonia, none of the chemicals, first defense, aqua cleanse, ammonium chloride, they're all good at the, they're, they're fine at temporary these high temperatures. Now, let's say that you do get the one and only in the bottles, a little slushy or it's a little cold. Don't, I mean, we don't recommend that you run it under hot water. Just put it out on the room somewhere on or let it come to room temperature and then you're fine to use it. Okay, that's some good advice. Good advice. I feel like we'll probably get more of those questions uh, come wintertime. It's always temperature dependent. And if you're listening to this and you're interested, we do have a foul weather package, whether you, you know, if it's super hot and you're concerned or it's cold, we can, you know, it's an extra charge because there's there's extra steps in packaging, ice pack, warm pack, and things like that. But we do take precautions, but we are not weather people. You know, we get a lot of orders each day. Our, our shipping department can't be looking up every address and seeing what the weather is. So we have put some responsibility on you, the end user, to know what the weather is in your area, especially during winter. And do you need to get one of these cold or hot shipping packs um, to protect your investment? Exactly. Good advice. Okay, let's move on. Question number 11. I'm going to use your products to fight dino. I have a 25 gallon tank that I use as a frag tank. I'm confused about Waste Away and the Refresh product. Are there two versions of them? If so, which would you recommend? Well, there are two versions. There's the fresh water and then there's the marine, marine encompassing salt water and reef. With all our products, the salt water version is exactly the same as the marine version, the fresh water version is different. So there's two. Now, 
refresh the, the idea here is you're trying to knock back whatever nuisance you have of dinos or sinos. And so you got to change the number game, got to switch the odds. We want to change the odds to favor the good guys. So that's why in both cases, we say to vacuum, you know, and clean as much, physically remove as much of this nuisance organism as you can. Then you hit it with the refresh to really knock it back you know, and, and um, try to degrade its capability to reproduce. That treats the symptom. And that's what a lot of products do is they're just treating the symptom, but they're not doing anything for the underlying cause. And the in, underlying cause is twofold. In, mo, in many cases, there's just a ton of organics in the system, and you need to get rid of that. All that organic material dissolved in particulate, and that's gravel washing, you know, substrate washing, getting that material out of there. Then the other thing you need to do, especially in the case of dinos, in most cases, if you have dinoflagellates, your phosphate is below 0.03, maybe even zero, and your nitrate is below five, again, maybe even zero. I mean, we had several people at the, at the show this past weekend that had that. You need to get those values up because no matter what you do, the chemist, the water chemistry of the system, and we talked about this in the podcast last week, comparing sinos and dinos. Um, the water chemistry is such that about the only thing your tank can grow is dinos. You this low, there's no nutrient. I mean, that was a fad a while ago. It still pops up. No running a no nutrient, super low nutrient system. I think it's pretty well established all you're going to do is grow dinoflagellates and i don't think there's anyone that sets up a tank to intentionally grow dinoflagellates so you you know intervening with the refresh and the waste away is not going to be long you know a long-term success if you don't get the water chemistry where it needs to be but you're knocking it back with the refresh and then you're trying to use the waste away to get rid of all the dissolved organics, lower the nitrates and phosphates, basically clean up the tank. And that's what you need to do. Okay. Question number 12. I'm starting a new tank with your bacteria, ammonia, and guidelines. Freeze the temperature, lower salinity, etc. I'm on day five and all seems to be going according to plan. My question is, would it interrupt the cycle progress if I added a small amount of dry rock to the tank at this point? No, it would not interrupt. If you were adding live rock that wasn't very well cured, so you're adding a lot of organics, you would, but a dry rock at this point would be fine to add. Woohoo, so go ahead and get your uh, dry rock, rockscapes started. <laughs> okay, question number 13. I used your product in my 210 gallon tank 10 days ago. The tank has been running for three weeks and has about 20 African cichlids that are doing great. My ammonia reading is zero, pH is 7.4 to 7.6, but my nitrites are about one. Is your product still at work getting those nitrites converted into nitrates? I have a three fluval FX six canisters. Oh, I have three. There we go. 
and two sponge filters, a wave maker. Well, the, the bacteria are definitely working, but your tank at three weeks old is pretty young for maybe that many fish and the amount of food you're putting it in. And the nitrite bacteria just take longer to grow. So um, nitrite at one is okay. You, you know, obviously you want it at zero. So I would um, do water change, maybe cut back on the food um, and add some more one and only to really drop that down. Uh, your pH is a little on the low side. So uh, all those, you know, especially the water change, don't know where this person lives, but probably the water change would increase the alkalinity and the pH, and that would help make the bacteria work faster. Okay, well, good luck with that. Hopefully your tank gets uh, finished cycling. Yeah. All right, question number 14. Am I able to use one and only bacteria and Nutra seawater? The seawater already has bacteria in it. The chances of the seawater having nitrifying bacteria in it is pretty low because the nitrifiers want to live on surfaces. Um, it, it's fine to use those, those products. Even if there's some heterotrophs in there, um, the nitrifiers will establish. And I don't, um, you, you just don't know how what the level is, but I would say it's fine. It's It's not going to be harmful. You know, these... Bacteria out competing or, you know, one eating the other, it's kind of a stretch, except when it comes to phosphate. So just make sure you have a little phosphate in the water because any of the bacteria that are in the seawater uh, would probably consume the phosphate, which the nitrifiers need a little bit. So just as long as your phosphate's about 0.05 or so, you're fine. Yep. Okay, question number 15. Now I've got a lot of uh, numbers for you in this one, but I'm gonna give you what I think you need. If you need more, let me know. Um, I'm on day 10 of my cycle. I have ammonia that is reading three, nitrite at five and nitrate between 20 and 40. On day eight, I added live sand and my numbers have spiked. My pH is 7.6. Do I wait since the pH is above seven or should I do a water change? Uh, definitely do a water change. So what happened here is adding the live sand added a lot of organics. Bacteria in the system degraded those organics probably, this person doesn't mention, but probably the tank got a little cloudy, the water got a little cloudy uh, because the bacteria break down or remineralize those organics into ammonia and CO2. And that ammonia now has to be converted, you know, to nitrite and nitrate. And by adding the live sand in the cycle there, it doesn't say, but you may have buried your nitrifiers because I'm assuming the tank had some type of substrate. The nitrifiers were getting established on the substrate. And then this person said, oh, I'm going to add live sand. And I have to make assumptions that they just poured it in. You know, they didn't mix it up with the existing substrate that was in there. So now they've got the live sand over the original substrate. That means those nitrifiers are being starved for 
resources, oxygen, ammonia, nitrate. The organics are on top. Everything was stirred up. You're going to get a heterotrophic bacterial bloom, which is going to cause the ammonia to spike. And that's why that person's system is where it is today with the, with the higher levels. Okay. All right. This is our last question of this podcast. I am doing a fishless cycle. I used your ammonia and nitrifying bacteria. It has been a few days and my numbers have not changed. My ammonia is zero and I'm not seeing any nitrates or nitrites. I do, do see some bacteria blooming, though it is finally starting to calm down. Am I supposed to dose more ammonia at this point or do I just keep waiting for the nitrites to show up? I have a planted tank with gravel at the bottom, very hard water, relatively alkaline. I've kept the temperature over 80 degrees. So this is, or some version of this question is quite common. I used your one and only, I don't see, or I see a little bit of ammonia, but I don't see any nitrite or nitrate. What's wrong? And the answer is nothing. Nothing is wrong. We mix our bacteria heavy on the nitrite oxidizing organism side because that's the one that grows the slowest. And the whole idea, stepping back, why did you buy the one and only live nitrifying bacteria in the first place is to cycle fast. And when, you know, th this tank is working in this, in this situation, you know, things are working, you're adding the ammonia, it's gone. You don't see any nitrite because the nitrite bacteria are working. Why don't you see nitrate? And that's part of the confusion. And the, and the answer is that every test kit out there doesn't start working in terms of, you know, where you can actually see the nitrate until the nitrate is about 20 ppm. And that's kind of a high level. That won't happen until you've dosed the ammonia uh, at least three times at, at the full dosing. If you want to try to get a reading after you add the first reagent to your nitrate test kit, if you shake it like crazy for several minutes till your arm feels like it's going to fall off, then you add the next set of reagents, you might start getting a little bit of color. Look down the tube, take the cap off, put the tube on a piece of white paper, look down through it, and you might see some discolorations. And why is this? What's happening is that the nitrate test is that you're reducing the nitrate to nitrite by adding uh, various chemicals can do this. But when your nitrate is super low, it just doesn't happen very well. And you've really got to shake it to start seeing a reading. So that's why you're not seeing nitrate is the test kits can't measure those low levels below 20 or so. When it gets higher, the test kits will start turning that kind of muddy, muddy clear brown color. Um, but uh, in this case, not seeing the nitrite and nitrate early on when you know you're adding ammonia, that's just a sign the bacteria are working. And yes, at this point, you have no ammonia, no nitrite. So you definitely want to add another shot of ammonia drops. And then, you know, pay attention to your pH because that's going to drop. So you're going to have, you're going to want to do a water change to replenish that alkalinity and get your pH back up to keep the bacteria cranky. As always, good advice. 
All right. So that's it for this session. Anything else, Hillary? We're off to uh, Super Zoo. Yes, I'm so excited for Super Zoo. And we are going to be introducing a ton of new stuff, people. Um, I don't know what your plans are. If you're going to do some live stuff from the show each day, Hillary, or yes, interviews, absolutely. or uh, you're going to want to pay attention to Hillary and the social media, Dr. Tim's next week, we are going to have lots of new reptile stuff, lots of new fish stuff, freshwater, saltwater. The gang's going to be there. It's going to yep. be a good time. Yeah, We got busy. part of our crew coming over from Europe. It's going to be great. Yep. So, all right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. This has been Dr. Tim and Hillary and uh, another version of Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. And we'll talk to you again. Thanks.